let's settle the great debate only using facts with no opinions, although it might be a little editorial here and there, and I'll call myself out for it, but ultimately, why does broad work? How does broad work? And why is using anything else actually a liability to your success? And why is the rejection of using this as a best practice one of the core reasons that most people think that Facebook doesn't work and why people that are adopting it are seeing the best years ever and next year will probably even be better than last. And last year was the best year they'd seen in a few years before that. Ultimately, we're going to get down to why does broad work? How does it work? Why is the, what are the biggest misconceptions people have around it? And ultimately, what can you do right now to turn your situation, which you are unsure about, where you are lacking confidence and where you are unable to scale into something that is very easy to manage, almost completely automatable, really, really simple, and where you ultimately get to focus your time and energy on making better ads and working on the rest of your business. Let's go. This is how broad works. First thing I want to say, though, is thank you so much for being here. You could literally be anywhere listening to literally anyone about this. And believe me, I know. I see a lot of people out there on the internet giving advice. Most of it is pretty bad, but I'm here to help you understand that based off of what I have done personally managing hundreds of millions of dollars of Facebook ad spend, and my clients and students have driven well over a billion dollars in revenue. I've been in the game nearly a decade. I was spending a million dollars a day before the Facebook pixel existed, and I worked directly with Facebook to define best practices for DPA. I brought lead gen to market, and most importantly for this, we did the case studies around how to do creative tests and on a regularly updating basis since 2017. These aren't opinions. I've worked with the engineering team, the product team, and the measurement team to prove that this is how things should work, built around how Facebook functions. And that's what we're really going to get down to. Not opinions, but actual real empirical data points that are not, they, these are not like refutable facts. These are irrefutable points. These are not things that we can debate. We are going to say, basically, the earth is not flat. The sky is, in fact, blue. Water is, in fact, wet. Fire is, in fact, hot. That's basically the level of, you know, uh, controversy we're going to get into here. But the sad part is the vast majority of buyers that I know, the vast majority of experts and gurus, and especially agencies and people teaching, fundamentally misunderstand what we're about to cover. And I'm really gonna come into three specific points. Most people have at least two of them. Very few have all three. And where some people have one, they might be missing the other. So let's dive into it. The number one thing that we need to understand, which is the number one most unappreciated fact, and probably the biggest misconception when going broad, is this. Facebook knows who to show your ads to. When I see people complaining about, well, broad doesn't work, they're trying targeting to do all this stuff, but like, I don't want to spend my money on something that's not going to be interested on this, and, you know, why would I be wasting on this and that? Why am I not focusing in on specific things? So let's break this down. At a very simple level, Facebook's business objective is to show people content that they want to see. Their bottom line is extraordinarily tied to people's enjoyment of being on the platform, their time on the site and inside the app, and their experience on that and the frequency at which they come back. So as a point, Facebook's make sure, Facebook's algorithm is designed to show people content that they want to see. 
So if I have an ad for a bakery, for instance, my ad is likely not going to be shown at broad to a person that never buys bread or hates bread or doesn't or can't eat it or whatever else because it's a bad experience. If I want to sell dog food, there's a very high likelihood that somebody that owns cats and hates dogs will never see my ad. The vast majority of ads on the platform are things that you will never see. And there's a reason why you see the ads that you do see. So let's get into a little bit more of how this makes an impact on why broad actually works. So, and this is a hot take, and we're making an analogy here. Every single ad makes its own lookalike audience. Now, this is basically a fact, right? Like, this isn't an argument. Remember, I said I'd call myself out when it's an editorial. This is an analogy agreed upon by the engineering team at Facebook, the product team, and proven by the measurement team over and over and over again. So I'm making this an analogy that we can get into. Every ad basically makes its own lookalike audience. What I mean by this is, Facebook sees who responds positively to content. If your ad gets shown to 1,000 people and 500 people love it and 500 people hate it, who do you think Facebook's going to show that ad to in the next 1,000 people? Facebook's going to show it to people who look like those who responded positively to it the first time. The idea here is Facebook is not going to spend your money to give their users a bad experience, and they will try to do that at all costs. We see this with organic or paid media. The algorithm is the same. It is keeping people on the platform for as long as possible. The reason that your Instagram reel gets 50 likes or 50 views or like 10,000 views has very much to do with almost the exact same principle as why your ad is getting a $50 CPM or whether your ad is getting a $10 CPM. It's the same exact principle and ultimately it comes down to this. If your ad is a liability to their bottom line, Fine, you can run it, but we're going to charge you more money to run it because you're a liability to our bottom line in a way that we prevent you from causing harm is by making you have to pay more money to see people. So for every $50, you get to show it to 1000 whereas I get to show it to 5000 for the same level of investment because my ad is a better match to what people want to see versus yours. So ultimately, every ad creates its own lookalike audience of people that respond positively to it. So our ads do the targeting by focusing in on those people that respond positively to it in a way that is basically completely identical to the how organic content functions, especially in the discovery mode, like the way the Instagram reels work. That's not up for debate. That's how the algorithm is built. And that's at the core of how broad allows Facebook ads to do the targeting. We haven't even talked about data yet. And yes, we're going to be able to know very specific things about people. And Facebook will be able to find them because of very specific things. So for instance, if you've clicked on four Nike ads and a Reebok ad and went to, I don't know, ASICs and added a trainer to your, you know, some red trainers to your carpet abandoned, me as New Balance, my ad at Broad, if it's a red sneaker, is going to be shown to you because you are likely to respond positively to it because of the way that you've interacted with organic and paid content from other people. Advanced matching allows this to happen. That's part of the power five. So what it means is we're effectively able to retarget other stores. And this is happening live right now. You are already retargeting your competitors right now. If you've ever noticed and you go onto your feed, anytime you add one thing to cart, you're just flush with a whole bunch of things very similar, especially around gifting from dropshippers that do this really well. 
It's because instead of trying to use some artificial targeting, they're letting the machine show that ad to the right person. That's why you see more and more things of a specific type because you're responding to them. Me personally, I love t-shirts. When I start to click on some funny shirts, my feed is just inundated with funny shirts and I find new brands and I buy things. Facebook is designed to show me content that I want to see. So the ads are curated to show me things that I want to see. And the way that that works is with advanced matching because the ads make a lookalike audience based off the people that responded positively to them. And it's feeding off of data from the back end of what people are doing on and off of Facebook. Because Facebook is seeing everything they're doing on basically every single site. If it has a Facebook pixel on it, Facebook is tracking your actions, your time, what buttons you're clicking on, everything else, all the pixel events, everything else, whether it is related to your business or not. So your ads make a lookalike audience built off of all of this information so that the very first impression of your ad is likely to go to somebody who's positively going to see it. The 10,000th impression is going to do a lot better at that job. But before we even get into machine learning and the learning phase, which we're going to get to next, before any of that even starts, Facebook is really good at showing content to people that they want to see. There's a reason why me, as a man in my mid-30s, don't, I don't ever see women's clothing for teenagers ads. I don't ever see lifestyle decision ads for 80-year-old people because I don't respond positively to that content. I'm not on those websites. I'm not engaging with that stuff anywhere in the Facebook environment that they can see on the platform or off, on Instagram or off, or on any other website with the Facebook pixel, period. And if I were, odds are, I'm gonna start seeing stuff. When you search things on the internet, you start poking around, you're gonna be inundated with those ads because of this functionality. We already know it works. We already know this happens. So the fact that this is something that is so difficult for a lot of gurus and experts and agencies and whatever else to adopt into their core strategy just shows that there's a great opportunity to learn and to improve. So let's get to the second thing, machine learning. The learning phase in Facebook. A lot of people will say it's a complete waste of time. That's because they're dead wrong and don't know how Facebook works. Full stop. That's a bit of an editorial, but it's a hard fact. The hard fact is the, mach the machine learning and the learning phase absolutely matters. Because on top of all of this other data that we've been seeing, Facebook is now saying, well, maybe you've got several ads that all look and feel the same. Which one is the right to show to somebody? Some ads do better at delivering your business objective versus other ones. Because ultimately, all we've done is figure out how to lower our CPMs and give people a better experience. With the machine learning and the learning phase, what we are doing is trying to turn that positive experience into positive business results. So when we leave the learning phase, what we're doing is we're ultimately, Facebook is telling us that they are confident they can deliver a specific, sustainable, stable result with the options that we've given it. When we change those options or ask it to do too much more or less work, that outcome is far less predictable and we re-enter the learning phase. But the learning phase is fundamental to stability, scaling, and growth. People that disagree with that are wrong. Bottom line, full stop, not up for debate. Again, water is wet, fire is hot, the sky is blue, and the earth is round, and the learning phase delivers you more stable results than not. That is Facebook's way of showing it to you Bottom line, not up for debate, not an opinion, hard fact. So what we need to understand here is throwing more and more data at specific ads 
specific post IDs collates learnings at the post ID level. Because remember, every post ID is actually a web page. And that web page, Facebook is measuring just like it is on any other web page, any other website, anywhere else in the world. What are people looking at? What are they clicking on? What are they watching? What are they engaging with? Are they watching your videos? Are they not? Are they commenting? Are they not? Are they reading for more comments? Are they not? Are they clicking on things? Are they not? And based on that, they're going to see whether or not people want to engage with that. And ultimately, whether or not when somebody gets shown that ad, they deliver a result that we are trying to optimize for potentially a purchase or a lead or a complete registration or whatever it is that we're optimizing our campaigns for. This happens at scale in real time, millions of times a second. But that's what Facebook's algorithm is built to do. That auction uses that data to show the right ad to the right person based off the choices that you've given it. So in step one, we've identified what choices to give Facebook. And number two, we've identified, we're trying to identify of the choices we want to give Facebook, which ones deliver the best business results. If we're not out of the learning phase, we can't make an educated decision on which one gives us the best results because we don't know we don't know which ones are going to deliver consistent results and if we don't have consistency if we don't have projectability we can't make a reliable high competence decision that is the scientific method again if you want to argue this point you can but you are fundamentally wrong and literally hundreds of years of science proves that one side of this argument is incorrect and one side is factually true again the sky is blue fire is hot right? The earth is round. Got it? So these are the types of things that we're talking about. Again, not arguable, irrefutable fact. You can argue it all you want. That's fine. But you're wrong. This isn't an opinion. These are facts. And number three, about how broad really works, because remember, we're ultimately talking about all this stuff, is that broad provides us a unit economic advantage over the situation, as well as an inventory quality choice. So there's two unfair advantages in the marketplace that broad provides over anything else. And if you know anything about business, it is about finding your unfair advantage in the marketplace and exploiting it. What is broad's unfair advantage? It's twofold. One is a direct effect. The other is a byproduct of the other things that we talked about. The direct effect advantage in the marketplace is it's the lowest cost audience. Age, gender, location. Say men 30 to 45 that live in Ohio. Great, that's a broad audience. By definition, that's broad. Now, maybe it's women 19 to 20 that live in this specific neighborhood of New York City. Great, broad audience. By definition, broad. Now, it's a very focused broad audience, but for the functionality of what we're talking about here, it's still a broad audience. Broad is a technical term that basically means you're only using age, gender, and location for targeting. Additional targeting parameters cost extra money. Guac is extra. Every time you customize something, it comes in additional cost. Now, back in the day when I started, back in 2013, 2014, 2015, somewhere around 2016 or 2017, they got rid of it. But Facebook literally used to show you how much more that targeting audience would cost. So maybe it would cost, now back in the day when we're talking two, $3 CPMs, it might cost you an extra 15 cents or an extra 80 cents to reach that audience. And a lot of us were like, screw that. I'm just going to get the cheap audience and work on my ad and my business model. Those of us really succeeded. And a lot of other folks tried, 
tried to cheat, treat Facebook as though it were Google or email. And you know what? A lot of them did well because the inventory was so cheap. They could disrespect the customer. They could disrespect Facebook's business model and they could hack and slash their way to, to success. And it went hundred percent worked. But most of the people right now that are saying Facebook is not working, broad doesn't work. This thing's a scam. They're working very hard. They're using ABO. They're using interest groups. They're using all of this other stuff. They fundamentally missed this lesson. Broad is the cheapest. Every time we make an impression, we buy an impression from Facebook, we have to pay a base rate. That base rate at Broad is the lowest cost. If our ads, for instance, uh, are received by end users very positively, we get a discount on that base rate. If our ads are received by the end user very negatively, we pay a, a multiplier on that base rate. And so when you're paying 30, 40, $50 CPMs, if your CPMs are over $20 in the United States and on a purchase conversion objective, the odds are your creative testing process is failing you. If you're paying under $15, you're doing pretty well. Facebook ads MBA program students that complain during Black Friday and Cyber Monday and the holiday season because their CPMs went up 30, 40, 50% to like 15 bucks. And they're selling jewelry to women with before and after and you in the copy and all these other things that are apparently you should never do. The point here is there are small moves you can make and there are big moves. When you're trying to hack into the audience and do all these other things, you're paying a lot of extra money. Now, maybe it's more efficient, but if it's more efficient, but it costs three times as much, you have to be over three times more efficient for that to be cost effective in the long run. Plus, fraud is far more stable and scalable because it's far less reactionary to market forces. When somebody comes in there and drops a million dollars on your interest group, your cost goes up. But the cost for Facebook at fraud is everybody all the time. And that's a much more stable line, right? Daily spend is around this. But if you are in interest groups or using other behavior targeting, one day it might be cheap, one day it might be high, one day it might be cheap, one day it might be high. You have no idea what the future is gonna bring because you have no idea what that inventory is gonna cost because you are completely subjected to the whims of other advertisers. People like me, they're gonna drop a million dollars on your interest group. $10 million. What if you get 15, 20, 100 people that decide to drop a million dollars on your interest group today? You're going to probably not make money and it has nothing to do with your workload. It has nothing to do with the quality of your work. It has nothing to do with how hard you try. It had to do with the fact that you set your system up to allow failure as a high likelihood of an outcome. So, number one unfair advantage abroad, lowest cost. Now, there's an implied unfair advantage as well. Broad, being age, gender, and location, allows you to have the greatest opportunity for that ads lookalike audience to reach the end best desired user. So if we think of a lookalike audience as a giant circle, right? The ads lookalike audience is a giant circle. In the middle of that circle is the best possible user. And outside of that, as it gets further and further away from that circle, it's a lower and lower quality user, right? But every ad has this. Now, instead of using broad, maybe I use an interest group or I use some big lookalike or something like that. What I'm doing is I'm saying instead of the entire universe, I'm going to make a big circle. Basically, now what we have is a Venn diagram. 
And the only place we're going to really be successful is where the core of that lookalike audience or that interest group or that behavior targeting or whatever matches with the core of that ad's own lookalike audience. Where that overlap is, you're going to do pretty well. But if they don't overlap at all, you're going to struggle because you're forcing Facebook to show ads to people. But Facebook says all the people that we want to show this to are excluded because they're not in this interest group. They're not in this lookalike audience. They're not. And the honest truth is you're probably not going to have 100 percent exclusion. It might be 20, 30, 40 percent. But if 30, 40 percent of your best users can't see your ad because you're paying extra to exclude them in a very unstable fashion by targeting lookalikes or interest groups or whatever else. You are paying extra money to prevent good outcomes from occurring. And as a net result of that, what you're doing is you are forcing bad experiences on people. And remember what we talked about at the very beginning, Facebook wants people to see good content that they want to see. And if you do a good job of showing people content they want to see, what do we see? We get lower CPMs because we get a discount on the base rate of our unit inventory. So to wrap this up, if you're using interest groups that exclude that ad from showing an, showing, you know, an impression to the people that want to see it, what you are doing is you are paying extra to inhibit success in a way that also raises your cost of advertising for your entire account at scale in a fairly consistent and projectable fashion. The people that don't embrace broad see rising CPMs on a consistent basis. The people that do embrace broad, I'll be honest, on most of the accounts that I've been in for years, my CPM basically is about the same as it was in 2018, 2019. And that's one of the reasons I say CPMs don't matter because it doesn't move if you're doing a good job. But if you're doing a bad job at respecting your customer and respecting your business partner, if you're doing a bad job at testing your creative to deliver these extremely important metrics of end user experience, then your costs are going to go up every single year to the point where Facebook doesn't make sense anymore. So remember that next time somebody said broad doesn't work, or they say, I'm going to go ABO, or they're going to use all of these other things, what they're telling you is, I think I am good enough right now to disrespect the platform and the customer because there's enough fat on the bone for me to do my job poorly. And I'm going to work harder and harder and harder to make less and less money. That is what they're teaching you. That is what they're bragging about. And that is what ultimately your future looks like if you don't hop on board with what Facebook said they wanted back in 2018. And I'll end with this. I'm seeing a lot of people say, well, Facebook's new flavor of the month is ads to the targeting and go broad. Facebook has been saying this since 2018. They've been shouting it from the rooftops to anybody that'll listen. A lot of us embraced it and ran with it. Hell, I was part of the case studies that proved that it worked. But the people that I see struggle, very, very few of them are folks that honestly put in time and effort to creative test at broad and scale their account. If you want to have different results, you need to do things differently. If you're not aligning yourself for success by matching your business objectives with those of your partners, you're going to fail. Again, not an opinion. 
mathematical certainty. Eventually, you will be priced out of the market. Your ad account will get banned. Your page will get flagged. You'll be unable to run ads. Or if you do, they're going to be 30, 40, 50, $100 CPMs. So anytime you see somebody complaining about having that experience, understand what it means is that person fundamentally doesn't understand what priorities to put first and how to get the job done to make sure that it's done well. I hope that helped. Uh, YouTube says you might like these things. Go ahead and uh, subscribe. And uh, I'll see you later on the internet.